following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. And now your hosts, Mickey Spagnola, Everson Walls, Nate Newton, and Bill Jones. Oh, what a beautiful morning it is here in Oxnard, California. It is, truthfully, day number one of Cowboys Camp 2023. It is day number one because there will be football players on a football field behind us. And this is Mick Shots, Bill Jones with Mickey Spagnola. No, no Everson Walls, no Nate Newton. Nate will be joining us as we go along here from Oxnard over the course of the next several weeks. Everson will eventually join us at the Star in Frisco. But, Mickey, it is a glorious football Wednesday. Sun's out, sky's blue, 68 degrees, and I already did 10, 15-minute show with Nate this morning when he called me at 6 a.m. <laughs> but it was 8 a.m. his time. Yeah, right. Did I wake you up? And I said... <laughs> You missed by 30 seconds because my alarm just went off. <laughs> so this was just your own two-man show. Uh, I told him. I said, you know what? Two, you and just Nate. all we did right now should have been when we started the show. You need to be here. And he goes, well, i got to wait till the pads come on. Okay. All right. And the pads will come on on Monday. We've got a ramp-up period, of course, by uh, NFL rules, according to the CBA. And, uh, of course, the team arrived here in Oxnard on Monday. We had the State of the Cowboys press conference yesterday. We've already had breaking news here in the first uh, 36 hours here. And uh, it's going to be fun as we uh, go along here, as the Cowboys, of course, will be here for the next um, – Going on three weeks, and then the first preseason game back home in Jacksonville, and then another week here. So all told, it'll be four weeks here in uh, Oxnard. Thank goodness. Uh, before that second preseason game at Seattle, they will uh, be breaking camp. But, uh, wow, it's it's just great to have football back again. Yes, it is, and it's, it's been a while. And, um, unfortunately, these uh, first few practices are basically mini-camp practices, so – uh, no contact. You they know. might be better than uh, the current mini camp practices are, though, just because they're not. They've scaled back mini camp practices. Well, too. they probably scale back this because they don't <laughs> want to get fined again for too much uh, physicality, right? Uh, you know, we don't want the defensive backs trying to break up passes or anything, God uh, forbid. By the way, you can go online and see the restrictions that are in the CBA. It's, they're very specific as to what all the teams can, can do uh, during this first four-day period. Then there's a mandatory day off for the players, which will be on the fifth day, which uh, in the Cowboys' case will be Sunday. And then they'll put the pads on on Monday. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll – go through this um, basically what we'll be able to find out here in a couple hours is just sort of how they're lining up different guys on uh, the different units uh, Mike McCarthy already said that uh, they would start the offensive line why like they left off in the mini camp so that kind of gave us a clue of what they're going to do and I guess that suggests that Tyron Smith will be at left tackle, and Tyler Smith will be at left guard, and then we'll go from there uh, until we get to right guard, where Zach Martin, unless he showed up bright and early this morning, 
yep. uh, was not on the charter flight. And that's here. one of two major stories that we have here. And we'll get to Terrence Steele as well. The other uh, thing yesterday, the Cowboys uh, placed the second round draft pick, the tight end Luke Schoonmaker. Uh, on NFI, he had a, a previously existing plantar fascia issue, uh, his foot that uh, he's been dealing with throughout the offseason. And then Jordan Lewis, a veteran cornerback coming off the list, Frank fracture last season, uh, as expected, starts uh, training camp right. on Pup. And then, uh, and, and that was it. You know, there was so some. So Terrence Steele is active and ready He's to go. active. And we'll see I don't how, know how ready he is. My, my, uh, <laughs> I was told not as ready as maybe you want him to. But the, the, the deal is when you put a guy on pup, he can't do anything with the team. He's got to be away. And the only, on the practice. And the only person he can work with is, is the trainer or strength coaches. Uh, he can't even interact with his position coach. So they felt like he was far enough along that they weren't worried about a relapse or anything. But maybe not ready to start. Although what they do early, he might be able to do some of that. Uh, but they felt like by time a week or so passes that uh, he should be good to go. But they're going to ease him in, right? Same thing with Tony Pollard. Going to ease him in. You're not trying to win the Super Bowl week one of training camp. You need these guys ready to start the season. Uh, so they feel pretty good about both guys being ready to start the season, uh, but just maybe not do everything to start of training camp. All right, so I mentioned the two major stories uh, that uh, became official yesterday, although it leaked out last week about Zach Martin. And then uh, Trayvon Diggs uh, signed to a long-term contract that was huge for the Cowboys. We'll get to Zach in just a second, but let's start uh, with Trayvon Diggs here. A uh, five-year contract extension, uh, $97 million that can get up to $100 million. Uh, $21.25 million signing bonus. It was uh, huge to get Trayvon Diggs signed before camp started. And even more important to him, $42.3 million guaranteed. There you go. And that's what we always look at, right? Uh, so, uh, you know, we got to see with the incentives it can get just a little bit more than $100 million. Uh, but we got to see how it's, uh, you know, how it's mapped out. Uh, so, but the big thing is $42.3 million. I would imagine with half of uh, that uh, guarantee, uh, a signing bonus, uh, that, you know, it could be three years something, and then there's those big base salaries at the end. So we'll see. But by time those base salaries would hit, the salary cap's going up, and it's going up huge next year. It may go up 25 30 million next year when the TV new TV contract hits in. So that's how they're structuring contracts uh, going forward. But that's huge to get him done because you can only next year uh, franchise one guy. And uh, you've got to think about you, you're going to have Terrence Steele unless um, they can get him signed to a long-term deal. you got to uh, look at his position and what the exactly. money would be for a franchise tackle. And I saw online somewhere where they estimate market value and that someone estimated his market value at $13 million a year. And it's like, well, if it's that much, then Matt will let's go better get ready because they're probably not going to pay both uh, starting offensive tackles that kind of money. but So they would like to sign him to a long-term deal. They wanted to sign Tony Pollard to a long-term deal. My uh, information was they were working on a three-year deal. They couldn't come to an agreement on a total, so he's going to play 
$10 million on the franchise tag, but he'll be a free agent too next year. So you got to factor that in. Tyler Biotish is on the final year of his contract. Uh, so they've got some contract stuff to still work on. Uh, C.D. Lamb uh, would be going into his fifth year option that they picked up at $17 million. They would like to sign him to a long-term deal. And then Dak Prescott's going to come along too. So yeah, and then Micah Parsons is going to come along too. And then at some point, yeah, he's this is his third year already, right? Uh, so yeah, uh, they've got some things that they got to take care of. Uh, they're not panicking, and I and I saw somebody already pointing out, well, don't worry about the future, spend your money now. Well, okay, that's fine, but there is a salary cap this year too. And I think it's big from the Cowboys' perspective, and I like from Trayvon's perspective too uh, that he. Decided to take this deal. I think I read where it makes his average per season, which is a little shade over $19 million a season with the extension, um, it would make him the fifth highest paid cornerback in the league. You know, he, his ego could have got the best of him. I want to be paid like right. the best. And he understands the situation that he has here. I think he, underst- and he understands the, uh, the market. Uh, he understands – the uh, you know with the Cowboys his marketability himself and the money that he can make aside from his contract uh, he's in a very good position here and so I just I think it's a very mature way to approach his future and uh, you know set his family up for for generations. So you said it averaged nineteen. Something a shade Close over nineteen. 19. Okay, so we looked up well, what nine, the, five years, ninety-seven million. I guess it's the it's the it's the extension part of that, not right. the, not his current contract factored into that. Right, would be what nineteen point four. Because he's, I think he's at four point three base salary right. this year. So we looked up what the franchise tag would be this year for a cornerback, and it was um, eighteen point one million. So if he's averaging nineteen, they're looking at. Well, if he was franchised this year and then next year you got to do 20% more, uh, so that would be around 21, 22 million. You know, if both sides want to get a deal done, uh, it's pretty easy to right. figure out what the money will be. Yeah. Just based off, you know, okay, well, here's the franchise tag number now and what it would be perhaps <coughs> this year. And you kind of work off of that and you can figure out where it needs to and, be. And that's why when I see this, well, just, just sign these guys. Well, it's got to be you know, good for both sides, right? And they wanted to say, everybody's like, well, the Cowboys didn't want to pay a running back. Well, they did, but they wanted to pay him within reason. And and, uh, and now look around the league. At, yeah, and what's see what's happening to backs. the running backs, right? So it's not like they devalued it. They were trying to make an investment going forward. And from Tony Pollard's standpoint, you know, I – these guys that want to bet on themselves and play on a one-year deal and you take a chance on injury and then you go into free agency with an injury, right? And then how do you market yourself? Uh, the other thing is, is he's got to look at the, the, uh, the market value for running backs going forward. He's going to be 27 next year. Now, uh, is somebody going to give him more than a two, two or three-year deal going forward for a running back? No, because 28 years old is usually the line of demarcation between being very productive and starting to regress. You know, five years in the league, and now they wouldn't have the same number of carries that Zeke had, obviously, right. after, after his first five years in the league. But he's getting into that range there where, okay, is he, you know, the average – 
career span for a starting running back, especially in the NFL. Right. You know, got to be uh, south of four years. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and and then the other thing you've got to also factor in, and, and, and just think of what nearly happened to Dak Prescott playing on the franchise tag. He has that gruesome injury. It, it, if it was worse, the Cowboys would like, okay, fine, you know, but – We'll let you go into free agency and see what somebody wants to sign you, not knowing that when free agency begins, you can't walk into anybody's facility without some sort of artificial assistance, right? So that hurts your market value. So, yeah, you got to be careful saying, yeah, I'm going to play on uh, on this franchise tag. Okay, so uh, that brings us to Zach Martin. And so, yes. so what do you think is going on here with Zach Martin? Well, he wants, he wants an extension extension basically he wants more money right now when he signed that contract that was a, a pretty darn good contract he, uh it was what six years 84 million dollars um and and so as you move along contracts increase right uh but i i saw a a, a deal where and i'm not sure what it meant but it said his uh contract value it didn't, didn't say how they valued it, but it was the second highest next to Lindstrom's that was $102 uh, million that he just signed, right? Uh, so so of, of course. as far as interior offensive yeah, line or guards. Guards, guards yeah. that's what I meant, yeah. And so, um, you know, it reminds me of the story I've told you before about Greg Ellis. Uh, he He signed – a long-term deal like six seven million and then a year or two later the market for defensive ends went way up and he kind of was butthurt because he felt like he was underpaid and uh we we were at a lunch bill and, and you know pat summerall well god rest his soul and uh we were he, he was wanting to know why why is greg ellis upset and i was explaining to him that when he signed his contract he signed too long and then the market value for defensive ends went up, but he still had two years left on his old contract. And I said something like, I said, well, I said, unfortunately for Greg, he, he came along too soon. And Summerall in his deep voice goes, we all came along too soon. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of what's happening with Zach Martin right now. And, you know, he's what 30 32 now well, i believe going on 33 he will be 33 right. on november 20th and by the way tyron smith will be 33 on december, In december 12th. so he's the so oldest he's, he's older yeah. than tyron smith even though tyron came into the league three years before Zach Martin did. Of course, Tyron came in as the ninth overall pick in 2011 after just three years at USC. And Zach Martin was already, what, a 24-year-old out of Notre Dame right. when he was the 16th pick in the draft in 2014. So I think, you know. I think, I think Zach looks at what's happened with Tyron. Now, the difference here, obviously, over the last three years, Tyron has had a difficult time right. staying on the field. Right. And Zach, uh, another credit to his future Hall of Fame status, is he very, very, very rarely misses games. Uh, but, I mean, you look, you look just across the room, the offensive line room, and you see what's happened with, with Tyron's contract. And, you know, Zach – 
if he has an injury-plagued year, something like that, he could be in the same boat here in a couple of years when his contract – or next year when he's going into the last, last year of his contract. next year is the last one. And, right. that, and I'm sure that's what, that's what he's looking at. Right. Uh, and, you know, this didn't just happen. They, they talked to him a couple of weeks ago about – uh, trying to work out uh, a, an extension, and now I'm thinking back to the OTAs in minicamp when he was just basically rehabbing. He said a little soft tissue something, mm-hmm. uh, maybe not right. He might have been making the first uh, volley at a renegotiation there in the off season, and really for this first week, he's not going to miss anything except for money. Yeah. Well, and from what I keep reading, for a veteran under contract, $50,000 a day. And and it's not supposed to be waived either. Before you could say, oh, that's okay. Well, it's, I think, in the CBA that you've got to pay that. So now you can negotiate that into the extension, it's, obviously. That's, that's what he's banking on. Right, yeah. But otherwise, <laughs> it's a fine, right? So... Um, but we'll see where that goes. I think they'll figure that out. I don't see him missing any game time. And, yeah, gosh, he's so good. He can probably miss all of training camp and still be Zach Martin, as yeah. long as you stay healthy. Right, right. Um, producer Supreme, Chris Beam over there. Uh, this is, of course, our first broadcast from here at uh, Oxnard. And so the same format goes uh, where we're – about time to take uh, this first break. And Miller Lite is the sponsor. Hey, Mickey, you are, are, have grown so much in your stature that Miller Lite wants to sponsor Mix Shots. Now. Because it's the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> and from now on, it'll be Miller time. And I've got some. Uh, you got some new reads? Some, some, and do. Some new uh, reads, although one's an old one. All right. Uh, and uh, I've got a Miller Lite shirt to wear. So I'll put okay. that on next time. All right. It'll be a regular feature here on Mix Shots. We're just getting started with our first segment of Mix Shots for the 2023 season. And we're back in just a moment. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel? Attend the best tailgate party in Texas? Tour the star and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. 
Pepsi, baby. The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like, well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola. A journey to Foodopia. Burgers. Better with Pepsi. That's what I like. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mixed shots. K-Post Roofing and Waterproofing is still with us, Bill. Amazingly. Proud partner of the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys. From corporate homes to your home, have your roof checked by choice, not by chance. Call now, 214-225-4860, kpostcompany.com. And I bet they don't go walking down the neighborhood streets knocking on your door after a hailstorm. Oh, there you go. That's that's something that we're always looking for. I finally had my roof checked from that last yep. hailstorm where I could have taken batting practice in my backyard yep. if I was had a batting helmet on. Uh, and the door just knocked, knocked, knocked. So people that fixed my roof last time, I told them, all right, come by, check it. If it's good or bad, put your sign out there so they quit knocking on my door. So... We passed, but he put the sign out, and that silenced everybody. Oh, there you go. That's some very smart thinking there. Yeah, how about All that? Right, uh, I just, uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. They'll do that for you, too, put the sign on the door. Um, John McLean, a veteran reporter down in Houston. He grew up a Cowboys fan, I believe, and went to Baylor or whatever, but, of course, he's covered Houston sports for decades he tweeted this uh, just moments ago. I love training camp. My first was 1977. I feel like I did on the first day of school every year. The start of Texans camp means we're one step closer to the start of the season. We can say that about Cowboys camp, too. And uh, Jerry was talking about it on his at the press conference. In fact, it was the last question, basically, of the, of the press conference yesterday. Uh, he was talking about the drive-in every year and he, he, how sentimental he gets and it gets to his room here, and uh, then he, you know, settles into his room. Then he slips out the back door and <laughs> sleeps at the Biltmore. Yeah, that was that was <laughs> that was great. Well, um, so Jerry's first training camp was '89. '89, yeah. So in Thousand Oaks, and then the next year they went to Austin. '89 makes this about 34. It's 34 years, and this is the 17th year now that the team has trained in. Uh, Oxnard, and of course there were a few years in there that they split training camp right. uh, between San Antonio and Oxnard, and um, they had the, had the one year, COVID year obviously was in Frisco, but right. uh, basically the Oxnard journey began uh, I think 22 years ago. So when does when was your first? My tra- first training year? camp was 1982. 1982. My first year working for a television station in Lubbock, and had the great fortune of having a news director 
who love the Cowboys, and so it was not a hard sell at all for us to come out to Thousand Oaks uh, for a week. Uh, and it's just amazing how things have changed <laughs> over the decades, and even how we do business. And you know, when you know we're sitting here doing a podcast, right? <laughs> uh, when we get done here, I'm going to do something with Mickey for uh, CBS, uh, where I've got Mickey. They have supplied me with. Two wireless microphones, and All I right. used my phone <laughs> to... Did, did you get the little stand for your phone? I got a little tripod right. for the phone and everything. We're going to set that up afterwards. But getting back to 1982, back in that day, we used to come out and cover training camp, and each day we would then drive to LAX from Thousand Oaks, and it was a good hour, especially through L.A. traffic, uh, and put our tape on a plane that they would... Uh, send it back to, uh, in that case, Lubbock, so it would get there like the next day, and they put the story together yeah, back then. That's I remember that. <laughs> I mean, my first camp was 85, so I've done every one except 88 since then. And so 85? 85 was your first for a week. Okay. So like 30, I think it comes to about 38 years and uh, this year. And so, yeah, I remember being in Thousand Oaks and the TV stations making drives to L.A., the Cowboys sending stuff back, and they had to go to L.A. to put it on some overnight service and to then, get it to the – And then by the time Jerry bought the team in 89, most all, everybody had satellite trucks, big old satellite right. trucks. They'd be all they parked drive back there. In. Right? Yeah. And, or in uh, Thousand Oaks, I guess, for yeah, one year. Thousand Oaks, and, then, and, and in fact, the satellite trucks were, were still a thing even – When we came here, it came, right. returned, yeah, right? for sure. Uh, and then here in the last decade, uh, I mean, literally, uh, TV cameramen, they have little boxes about that big uh, called a live view unit that they are able to transmit uh, what they're shooting out here on the field right? that uh, immediately goes live back to the TV station. So, But it's just, I mean, the whole, um, you, know, you, you think about it when you come out here, and it's, it's great to be have this access and be out here and so forth, but... It's also a grind. I mean, the day starts early and ends late, but there are so many. Uh, you, you get into a mindset that you're at summer camp, you right. know, basically. No. It's like you're a kid at summer camp, and uh, there are so many great memories through the years of what happened, oh, what has happened at training camp. We could write books, right? Yeah, yeah you said, you, you know, John was talking about, like, the first day of school. So Monday when we were getting ready to charter flight and it was at one o'clock and I don't know if it was anxiety or anticipation, I woke up at five in the morning and couldn't <laughs> go back to sleep and I'm going, come on. Uh, so uh, now we're, you know, still on sleeping on central time, but we're living on Pacific coast time and it's uh, it takes about uh, uh, almost a week to get used to it. The time change, anyway. And then but, you, have to, you have to get used to it when you get back home. Right. All right, uh, team on the practice field today. What are uh, some some of the things that you're looking for, just in terms of uh, you know position battles during camp and that sort of yeah. thing that uh, that you want to keep you know, an eye and on there's, to get started. We we had a question on DallasCowboys.com for today. Some the question was, what under the radar position battle are you looking at? And I go, well, first of all, there's nothing under the radar with the Cowboys. And second of all, once the offensive line is settled, and assuming if Tylen, Ty, 
Tyron Smith is playing left tackle at the level we're used to seeing him, meaning Tyler Smith can play left guard. I mean, the battles are for backup spots and, and roster spots other than kicker. Now, we're going to keep an eye on the kicker, right? We're going to sit there and chart every kick uh, those guys have between Tristan Vizcaino uh, and Brandon Aubrey that they signed after uh, the off-season workouts. He'd been in the USFL and kicked awfully well, uh, which is a, a really good story. Yeah, um, by the way, Michael Gelkin in the morning news, I give credit to him. He's got a great story today on Brandon Aubrey and his journey. He played for the Cowboys when he was five years old. Right, but, he's soccer, but, he, but he played soccer <laughs> right. at Plano. Uh, go ahead. Hey, I played soccer at Plano, uh, was scholarship soccer athlete at Notre Dame. By the uh, way, and what did Notre Dame do his first year playing, when he was a freshman at Notre did Dame? They, win they, a national they, they won the national championship. And he got drafted uh, into professional hockey, soccer. Soccer, I was yeah. going to say. Hockey. Major League Soccer. He was a first-round draft pick of Toronto FC. What did they do his rookie season? Did they win a championship? They won the MLS Cup title. And then he, and and it's a long story how he then uh, transferred over to football, but with the Birmingham Stallions and the USFL, what did they do his first year and second year and second year they, they won, won the, the USFL, USFL championship, and and do you know who his kicking coach was at Birmingham the second year? You tell me, Chris Boniel. That's who I was going to guess, but I wanted you to have that honor. Thank you. Since I got a text from Chris Boniel after they signed him, and it said, darn, you just signed my kicker. And I was like, <laughs> what's he talking about? He's and then go it looking was for like a kicker he for was the, the kicking, He was the kicking special teams coach in Birmingham. And yeah. it's like, well, how did you get that job? And he goes, Skip Holtz is the, was the head coach, so Skip Holtz caught uh, coached all those years at La Tech, okay. and Boniel, that's where he went to college, you. so there was a connection with La Tech. There always is a connection so with these coaches. I, I wrote about it on DallasCowboys.com. Boniel was really high on him. He's, he said he, he's got the leg, uh, he's got the talent, uh, he's got the demeanor, and he said the last thing I told him before he left uh, was, now you got to compete. Because that's what it comes down to. It's competition, and you're not just comp uh, competing with Vizcaino. You're competing with the rest of the league and anybody else out there that doesn't have a job. And I said, you think he can handle it? He said, he handled it so far. I said, and we ended up talking on the phone, and I said, so um, uh, can when he, when he competes, you, you know, you, you got to have the right temperament, right? And he goes, oh, he's got that. I said, now, the hard part is they're trying to replace a kicker, and the Cowboys are going to have trouble with this. That made 90% of his field goals last year. You don't find those guys just walking on the street. And Boniel goes, my guy made 92% of his field goals. <laughs> he was he was 14 for 15 on field goals this year with Birmingham, right. and he was 35 for 35 on extra points. And 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 so here, here's how this stuff works. I don't know if you remember Kevin Holtz. He worked for the Cowboys back in the early 90s, uh, son of Lou Holtz, right? And so I mentioned that uh, 
Skip Holtz was Aubrey's head coach in Birmingham. So he calls me, and he goes, oh, I just saw the story about the kicker and, you know, my brother and everything. He goes, he goes you know how he got started? Because Skip, the only reason Skip knew about him uh, was John Carney. He, Carney was doing kicking. He trains uh, kickers. Trainers yeah. and, well, when this guy decided, Aubrey, he wanted to um, – get into uh, football, Carney ended up being his, his mentor, his teacher, and if I'm remembering the story, Carney, and I'd have to look this up if I remember, I didn't write it down, Carney had a connection with his dad uh, somewhere along the line, Arkansas or, or Notre Dame, and, uh, and so there was all these connections with Brandon Aubrey, who we probably... <laughs> I watched that championship game, right? Yeah. I, I just, but I didn't know who he was or what he was doing. I watched it looking for a kicker. Right. And looking, looking, I, I, I said, well, as I watched it, I said, I guarantee you, John Fossil was watching this. Well, and, and of course, and of course, Cavante Turpin came out of the USFL right. last year, and I, I said, okay, they've they've got they've got to have their eye on somebody. Because otherwise they would have signed another kicker. Right, and they kept saying the we, we're watching everything, right. right? Well, what they meant when John said that uh, was uh, Boniel told me he came to one of their games to scout Aubrey in person. So it was, it was pretty, pretty good, that the connections there. And, uh, you know, and I'm sure the Cowboys probably checked with Boniel and, you know, what's this guy got? And he said he had talked to Fossil about it. And uh, John Carney uh, went to Notre Dame. He so did. It, it was Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was the connection. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a connection from 1987. <laughs> 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 it's amazing how this stuff works. And by the way, the last time Brandon Aubrey, before the Birmingham Stallions, the last time he played for a football team, meaning an American football right. team, not soccer, uh, was – in middle school in Plano, Schimmelfing Middle School in Plano, he was the kicker and wide receiver. They have kickers in junior high now, huh? <laughs> well, they did. The, yeah, yeah. So, can't wait to feature him on the preseason game. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I can't wait to talk to him when he gets out That's here. That's right. All right, uh, time for another break, and uh, we will continue with more mix shots here in just a moment. The Medal of Honor is our country's highest military award for valor in combat. More than 40 million individuals have served in the armed forces since the Civil War. Fewer than 4,000 have received the Medal of Honor. The National Medal of Honor Museum will be a place to preserve these legacies and inspire America. It's being built right next door to the Dallas Cowboys in Texas. Help us honor our country's greatest heroes. Learn more and get involved at mohmuseum.org. I'm Dak Prescott, quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Blockchain.com is one of the most trusted ways to buy, sell, and trade crypto. Whether you're always on the go or stay closer to home, Blockchain.com is just a few taps away. Put the power of crypto in your pocket so no matter where you are, you can trade on your terms and build a crypto portfolio to fit your life. For crypto pros, rookies, and anyone in between, Blockchain.com makes it easy to own a piece of the future. Blockchain.com, trusted by millions, trusted by America's team. 
Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with pregame sideline access and photo ops with current players, cheerleaders, and cowboy legends. You want to stay at a team hotel, attend the best tailgate party in Texas, tour the star, and talk X's and O's with me, Everson Walls? With Star Sports Tours, you can. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. The official 2023 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine training camp preview is now available. This edition features scouting report, position analysis, a pullout schedule poster, and articles from your favorite Cowboy writers, by the way. And you can get your training camp preview today at DallasCowboys.com slash the star. And I was one of your favorite writers in that for that magazine. <laughs> if he doesn't say so himself, <laughs> it says favorite right there. Um, I'm I'm the one who's supposed to say. That. I was supposed to yeah. set you up for that. <laughs> um, and um, interest. I came up with this interesting thought about the Cowboys having gone 12 and five, 12 and five. It was their first double digit uh, victory season since. Uh, 95, 96, right? And it occurred to me, you went 12 and 5, 12 and 5, but you didn't get to where you wanted to go, right? And how difficult it is now to pick yourself up off the ground. They don't grandfather you in back into the playoffs. You don't grandfather you into a 10-win season. you got to start all over. And so I was talking to Dan Quinn, and, and you know what, and, and, and what uh, – brought this up uh, when Giannis uh, talked about getting the Milwaukee Bucks getting beat in the first round and somebody asked if the season was a failure and he goes no it wasn't a failure we just didn't get to where we wanted to go he goes you 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 can't um, label everything when you come up short a failure and he used the example of Michael Jordan you know, however many years he played, and they think they won six championships. He says, so all the other years for Michael Jordan were failures? Mm. And so I, I asked Dan Quinn about it, and, and Dan Quinn had an interesting thought. He goes, we have to address that. And he goes, and the way I explain it to is you're climbing a mountain. And he goes, you're not starting from the bottom. You're starting from the base camp, like where that's kind of where you, you, you left off. 
and now you got to make the climb and you don't talk about failure he goes I never used that word Mike McCarthy said never use that word uh, so but for the Cowboys they've got to be able to start from scratch uh, but it's not starting from the bottom. You're starting from where you you were. Now you got to keep improving. And he goes, and that's well, they're the on the front thing. porch. Yeah, the front porch. Yeah, right. They're on the front porch. They, they, they're not on the on the grass. Right. They took the steps up yep. to the front porch. I thought uh, Mike McCarthy was about to quote Bum Phillips. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. When he went down that road about banging down the door, knock the door down. Yeah. Uh, um, that goes way back to 1979, well, probably, 1980. probably, yeah. Um, when he was with the Oilers and, and the Oilers and couldn't get to former the former Cowboy Bowl. great Mike Renfro, who previously was with the Houston Oilers, he was actually in bounds and he was ruled out of bounds. Steeler fans will say otherwise, but uh, and then they came home to the Astrodome and in front of a large crowd of the Astrodome, Bum Phillips said, uh, "They're going to kick the kick the door down next year." With or whatever, so many which words, they didn't do. yeah. yeah. Something like but that. But you got to be on the porch to kick the door down. Yep. And so uh, I think that's the way Mike McCarthy looked at it. Too. There are. Uh, so that story's in, by the way, in that preview magazine. Uh, by the way, there are players around the league as camp kicks off here kicking the financial door down at their local bank. And uh, Justin Herbert, the latest yesterday, as he gets a five year, $262 million extension. 0.5. Yeah, okay, I'll forget the, the 0.5. That's $500,000 there, <laughs> yeah. Bill. And uh, averages out to what, 52 and a half a year. So as far as the average salary goes, he's up there at the top. And Joe Burrow, you're now on the clock. Uh, and so we thought when Lamar Jackson signed his five-year deal, that was tops at 260. Wait. We thought when Hertz signed his, it was 255. So as you see, it keeps going up. And Dak's got, what, two years left on his deal? That's right. <laughs> Dak sees that. And we we'll have another guy up. missing the beginning of yeah. training camp. Um uh, I just saw this Patrick Mahomes now, uh, and his his contract is yeah so outdated. Right, he is the th- average salary per year. He ranks third in his division. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, right? But, I but guess no one's got Justin a, Herbert and Russell Wilson. I guess. No one else has got a twenty-year contract, though, right? <laughs> or whatever the hell it was. Was it ten, uh, eight, ten, something like that? Yeah. Uh, the Giants have signed their left tackle, Andrew Thomas, to an extension uh, in the neighborhood of $117 million. So a lot of teams getting things done right now. and But there are some holdouts around the league, too. Not only Zach Martin here, but also Nick Bosa in San Francisco, Chris Jones in Kansas City are holding out. It's all about the money. Mm-hmm. It's That's never, right. never what, changed, what did Jerry right? say uh, in the press conference that he never he never saw a player walk away unhappy after going for the money? Right. Well, you know? and just think about how it's increased. I remember uh, that year um, in Thousand Oaks, we were waiting for Tony Dorsett to show up. And yep. I think in my... See, those those training camp holdouts were some of the greatest memories yes. we have of training camps. Or, or, mean, when, just... or when he showed up in 86 after they signed um, Herschel Walker to a $1 million a year contract <laughs> that was unheard of. Out of the USFL. Right. And so Dorsett <laughs> shows up and everybody asked him, what did you think about the Cowboys signing uh, Herschel Walker? And he said... 
feel like a million dollar man. <laughs> he was already negotiating for a pay raise, right? And then there was the Randy White holdout uh, one year, and he was fishing in East Texas. It was Lake Tawakany, I yeah. think. Okay. And and somebody was fishing there that I think worked at either the Fort Worth paper or the Dallas <laughs> Times Herald, and he they ran into Randy fishing on the lake because everybody was looking for him. They couldn't find him, right? Uh -huh. He just went out there and got out in East Texas and was fishing as he was holding out that year. All right, a two-minute warning goes to both benches here as we wrap up uh, this edition of Mix Shots. You got a parting mix shot for us that you're looking um, at today? You know what? We were talking about under the radar, uh, you know, position battles. Mm -hmm. and, and I think maybe the most under the, well, I don't know if it's under the radar, but it's Tony Pollard and who at running back. Mm -hmm. And I think that'll be one that we keep an eye on. And I still got in the back of my mind that Ezekiel Elliott hasn't signed with anybody. He has not signed with anybody. And That's he's still out right. there. And we're seeing more and more with each passing day what the running back market looks like. Who just signed for $3 million? Somebody, uh, one of those guys, uh, one of the running backs uh, that was out there signed for, for $3 million. Was it $3 million? One-year yeah. deal, too. Yeah. Darrington so. Evans signed with Buffalo yesterday because they lost Naheem Hines uh, to an injury. He, okay. This was a non-football injury. He's sitting on his jet ski at the lake. I saw that. And someone crashes into him, and he tears his ACL. So now they're going to put in contracts, no jet skiing. <laughs> so, so that's my parting shot. You got one? Uh, I'm just uh, excited to be uh, out on the to be able to watch guys on out out on the football field, and um, we'll see what happens. You know, it's it's. There's always something that happens, you know, and, and these, as you, as you put it, um, you know, the, under the radar position battles, these teams are all put together during the off season, Correct. starting in with the new league year back in March and then the draft. And now it's, it's just very interesting to follow it as things happen. You know, their player gets tweaked, injury tweak. You know, not a season-ending thing. Oh, we need a reinforcement right. at that position. Or, well, this rookie that we drafted, maybe he won't be ready. Maybe, you know, we haven't – the third rounder that we thought might be able to push somebody, maybe we need veteran help there. I right. mean, Cowboys look at their offensive line. What's going on there? Uh, as far as the health of the of the players, and do they need any more assistance there? Well, if you think uh, back to last year, it, it was training cap right when they brought in Malik Hooker. Yep. And it took a while for him to get going. So That's right. you, you, you and, never and, know. And look how strong that safety position is now. Yeah. So, so injuries, as Brad Sham would always say, we go to training camp to see who gets hurt. Yep. So that's and hopefully nobody gets hurt today on the first day of practice out here in a training camp. All right, that does it for this edition of Mix Shots. The break is coming up here in 15 minutes, and we will be back together on Friday, Friday. morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Dallas time. Make it a great first day of practice wherever you are, and we'll see you again on Friday here on Mix Shots. See ya. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!